And now, live from the studios of Freedom's Phoenix, Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Undefeated here and declare your independence. I'm here in Hancock. Davi Barker sitting in last day before he has his head off tomorrow. We might do a little bit of show tomorrow. The um, uh, Stefan Kinsella, Donna's getting him on the line now. He uh, had the time wrong, so we'll get him on in just a second here. She's uh, calling him now. Now, um, Davi and I are going to be talking about reputation with Stefan Kinsella. Now, the one thing, uh, we, we're done with Captain Kidd. Uh, I was thinking... Uh, the Emancipation, can we make him an airship? Can we make the Emancipation an airship? Well, yeah, he needs a ship. I'm just sure. wondering, like in the Pirate Cove where we have the oh, you shiny wanna... badges and the Freedom's Phoenix airship. You want to put him in there? Well, I was thinking that we do a graphic. I don't really want to show his face. It'd be like you're looking at him from behind, like directing something like pointing a sword at his ship there, and that'd be the graphic or something. Yeah, I guess we got to decide what kind of ship it is. Yeah, it needs to be an airship. Yeah. I gotta go rescue. I was thinking of flare craft, but then you can't, and eh, you can't get you know in you know landlubbers and go rescue and stuff. So we'll talk about that. We got uh, Stefan Kinsella. I got you there, Stefan. You got me, Ernie. There we go. Okay, we got got to take care of. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. This is what um, I'm gonna let Davi go ahead and do this because let's go ahead and introduce. I'll introduce uh, Stefan, and then we'll get right into the meat because I there's a lot to talk about. And we got a short time here. Stefan Kinsella is a libertarian writer and registered patent attorney. Mr. Kinsella is a leading anti-intellectual property libertarian theorist, author of Against Intellectual Property. Now this is. You know, go ahead and give your bona fides a little bit. A patent attorney, how did you get to be a patent attorney and be anti-IP? Did you see what was happening? What's up? Well, that's exactly how. <laughs> I started practicing patent law and realized, um, started understanding the system, realized how horrible it is and uh, that it can't be justified. Well, what so, was the, you know, their justification? You know, nobody will make anything unless they get to say it's theirs forever and always. I mean, what was the, the, the rationale? Yeah, that's, there's a bunch of justifications, and uh, I had heard them, and none of them made sense to me because they just didn't they didn't have the type of uh, rigorous argument for them like other property rights do because they expire after a certain while. Uh, what kind of property right is temporary, right? Patents last about 17 years, and copyright lasts about Ever. 100 plus years, but they, they're they're temporary. What kind of real property rights temporary? And then the argument were utilitarian; they were basically evidence-based. They were saying that um, there's going to be an underproduction of innovation and creative works in a pre-society because the market will basically fail. So we need to come in with the government and give these patent and copyright monopoly privilege grants to people to protect them from competition so it's easier for them to make money so they produce more works. So it's kind of an, uh, a market failure argument, which I never, I never bought that either. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I. I think it was like oh nine, ten, eleven, around in there, <clears throat> that we first uh, came across you. Had you on, and there were a lot of libertarians. Hey, man, I make of this, and I do a book, and I got and and Stefan's wrong. And then as a decade has passed, they're going. Nah, Stefan might be right. It's becoming more and more common to see the disadvantages of intellectual property. Now, what we're focusing on is reputation. There is a our letters of Captain Mark. I don't know if you've read any of them. Remember, we did a one on intellectual property. We called it uh, pattern monopoly. You know, and right. 
You know, so that that, that was a good letter. And then um, now we're looking at reputation as first off, you know, whatever you're saying, who owns what and who, who you need to know who who is, you know. And, of course, they want it to be the government facial recognition of your permanent record of we know everything and here's your uh, search terms. But um, I would like to, as a pirate captain or an employer, you know, the first thing I want to know, I don't care what how many 15 billion names that you use. I just want to know who you are and call you whatever you want. But I want to know who this person is that I'm hiring or doing business with or what, and we have reputation as being um, a big thing now in – like eBay, you're selling stuff, you know, you're uh, offering things. You know, somebody wants to know your bona fides kind of deal, but I just don't need the government to tell me you're certified for something. I'd rather go and have the people tell me. But when we went through this, this is uh, what we thought of you, and Donna had already had you scheduled for today, a couple of days. I'm going, woo, serendipitous. I'm going, this is working <laughs> out great. Because what Davi did, tell him what you what you did and how you were looking for this and came across it. Yeah, this is kind of like a you know a, a spooky feature of Google search results. I was looking for like what we always do with these letters is who are the best writers on this subject, right? Who who can we grab like the best material and use that to boil steal down their IP? How we pirate their IP <laughs> so that we can produce a better letter. No, so I went. I'm I'm looking for Rothbard and I go searching for things like Murray Rothbard reputation stateless society like that kind of search search thing right and i'm getting nothing i'm getting nothing any anywhere by murray rothbard i'm getting the, the search results are like other people named rothbard and it's like this is i know there's no way that he's never written anything about rothbard or written anything about reputation why isn't this happening so i give up and i go looking for for something else i just you know reputation in a stateless society dispute resolution in a stateless society like anything without rothbard and then an article of yours come up, comes comes up, and there's huge quotes from Murray Rothbard. And I'm like, well, he clearly wrote about it if he's being quoted quoted in this other article. So why didn't this come up as a like original search result? Well, then I suggested he do. I go go to Mises. I, I guarantee there's something. Boom! There you go. Yeah, if you go to Mises and search Mises directly, it comes up. But like the stuff, I'm feeling some search engine manipulation. I just feel it. Can you feel it? I feel it. That's what it felt like to yeah, me. That's what it felt like. So when you do the research on this and so on, um, where did you go? What kind of results? Did you, well, of course, you might have done it months ago, and it'd be totally different. But um, tell us what your resource material on reputation was. Why would you even write about it? Um, well, so here, here's the way I look at it. Um, there's, we were talking about IP earlier, and intellectual property is usually considered to be four types of, of of property rights, um, patent, which is inventions, and copyright, which is like creative works, and then trademark, which is has to do with the the your, your brand names and marks, and then trade secret, which is just things you keep secret. But trademarks are in a type, in a way, a type of reputation right because the idea is that customers should be able to rely upon your name, and it has a value because you build up a reputation. They're not typically called reputation rights, but that is sort of the underlying basis of it. But when you come to defamation law, which is not typically considered to be a part of IP, although I think it should be because it's very similar to trademark, defamation law is the idea that you have a reputation right, a right to your reputation if someone defames you or says something false about you that harms your reputation, you can sue them. So uh, and, and in the written form, that's called libel law, and in the spoken form, that's called um, uh I'm forgetting the word for it. There's, there's slander. So defamation is a broad term, and there's sl slander is the is the written, is the oral form, and libel is the written form. Um, but you can see that's similar to trademark because in trademark, if you so-called tarnish someone's trademark, that is, you you do something by selling something, misrepresenting your product to look like theirs that hurts their reputation in their in their goods, then that's a trademark violation too. So both of these ideas. Um, or based upon the false idea um, that you have a right to your reputation. And this is based upon the false idea that we have a property right in the value of our property, ourselves, which is not true. You don't have a property right to value. You only have a property right to physical integrity. So when you have people say, well, if you harm someone, then you are liable. That is not true. You're, you're actually entitled to harm someone as long as you do it in the right way. 
All right, all right, all right. We're, we're going to hit the hard break here. When we come back, all right. a lot to talk about. From the fourth letter of Captain Mark. Landlubbers are conditioned to believe that the originators of an idea deserve exclusive rights to it. But these innovators are nothing but privateers, granted a monopoly by the crown. Potential inventors are restricted from using their own property and forced to navigate a wilderness of prohibited ideas. These pattern monopolies are intellectual colonization. This alliance of means between the crown and the privateers is not an alignment of ends. Both collude to establish a permission culture, in which everyone second-guesses their own thoughts, never sure which ideas are permissible to develop. But their objectives are different. The crown aims to cripple dissenting opinion, while privateers will only be satiated when all new ideas already fall under their monopoly. This scheme does not protect our information, but seizes it and denies us access. The future belongs to individuals who think, speak, and act freely to create and share without reservation. Join the conversation at PiratesWithoutBorders.com. Well, that came at the right time. You know, that, that was our intellectual, you know, kind of a 60-second of the whole letter. So it kind of, you know, skips to the end. Now, when we come back, you know, um, I really want to focus on the reputation part. There's all the other stuff, and we can get into that a little bit to help us define it. But um, one of the points that Davi, and when we come back on the live show, I want to make this point. He goes, reputation is not really yours as much as it is in the mind of the person that has it, you know? You know, no, you got the wrong reputation. It's my reputation or evaluation of you. Yeah, but it's wrong. And I go, hey, man, I can have whatever I want. What are you going to do, suck it out of my brain, you know? Which is kind of how negative campaigning for uh, politicians work. They just say as much negative crap as they can and, uh, you know, whatever sticks, you know. It's also kind of how intellectual property works. It's people making a claim on the stuff inside your brain. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so I'm, I'm, but the reputation thing is, uh, I want to discuss that because that concept that Davi, you know, kind of did goes, eh, reputation is in well, the mind of the other Well, that's not my insight. Person. That was Rothbard's central point. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This is, as we're doing, we're going to finish this letter up today. It's very fortuitous that we are talking to Mr. Stephen Casella. So we're, well, Casella has had a lot of uh, intellectual property discussions on this. And from what I remember, started what, 10, 11? When was it that you really started doing interviews and uh, this becoming a thing? Oh, well, I wrote wrote kind of a a book that, in two, around 2000, so 18 years ago, I'd say. Well, then, uh, Against Intellectual Property was 08. And I think uh, you and I first, it was 9, 10, around in there. And it was at a time that I needed this kind. Of, I'm going, man, I'm, I'm not digging this. This is not, there's got to be a, you know, a reason that's better than what the hell they're saying because they keep changing it all the time. Well, I think, I think Mises, uh, Mises republished it in 08, but it was an article in the JLS at first around 2000. Oh, okay. And then I had an earlier article in 1995, so I started writing about it as early as 1995. As a patent attorney? As a patent attorney. And Are you still a patent attorney? The system. I'm still a patent attorney. So you're like patent, you make your, your money doing patents, you, you, you privateer? Yeah. Okay. But only def- only defensive. In other words, I only help people acquire them, and, and I won't help them enforce them for a, a aggressive reasons, only defensive purposes. Yeah, it's a lot of times but, people get a patent so they can do their own idea, and somebody says they can't. Yes. I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. defensive. That's just jacked up. All right, we're coming back in about 10 seconds. Here we go. To be a part of the show, call 602-264-2800. 602-264-2800. Ernest Hancock. Maybe a couple of other laws. You know, just because they're a law, you know, are they good laws? Do we want to enforce all the laws and kind of, you want to get rid of a bad law, strictly enforce it. You know, that that's, yep, yep, here we go. Well, the intellectual property um, we can go on and on and on about how Mickey Mouse is going to be the owners of for, you know, ever and ever. So I'm, I, I, I never got, even as a kid, when we were studying the Constitution, you're talking about copyright. And so I thought that was interesting that they'd be so specific about something like that. Because copyright, 
Um, it was a right to copy, or something. it was granted by the crown, literally. You know, you have a you know, permission slip to something, and um, this evolved here. Who's the special interest on this that would lobby Congress for this kind of stuff? Where, where does that come from? Well, it comes mainly, I think, now from the uh, from Hollywood and the music industry in the yeah. in the realm of copyright, um, and also the pharmaceutical industry is a big lobbyist in terms of the patent system, trying to keep that strong to protect the patents that they get on their new drugs. Well, is there a crack? I mean, are people? Is it starting to go the other way? Is there any hope for? Yeah, we're and we're done. There's increasing awareness that it's people is what they people say it's broken. But when people say it's broken, they just mean that it's gotten out of hand and we need to adjust it. No, Almost no one says that the whole system is corrupt and needs to be abolished. Um, and over time, the laws keep ratcheting up, mostly because of the effect of the United States, because it's lobbied by these special interests, pushing IP on other countries by means of these trade treaties we negotiate. Like so they China. Sticking in. Yeah, well, or like this, this TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership that Trump pulled out of, basically it was an attempt to force other countries to in, increase their patent and copyright laws to be more like the U.S. So it was horrible. It wasn't a trade treaty at all. It was an intellectual property treaty. Yeah, there's so much we can go on. I want to focus, and that's why I, I called and talked to you, and I just you know, I apologize for inter- interrupting you and you know, getting into your mood. I appreciate you taking the call because I wanted you to be prepped on, you know, this is what we're going to talk about. And the one thing that, you know, um, uh, Davi said Rothbard was going on about is that reputation is really in the mind of someone else about you. It's not mm-hmm. like you can go in and – I don't know. They want to be able to. They want you to you know, propaganda crap out of you. And, ooh, Hillary's so hot. I want her to be, you know, my mistress. I mean, my president. I mean, you know, whatever the hell they got to do, you know, to make you think something. But it's in the other person's <clears throat> mind. So how do you how do you take care of or charge or sue against a reputation that somebody else has and other people have or other? How does that work? Yeah. So that, and that's Rothbard's argument. And and Walter Block has a good. Uh, chapter on this in Defending the Undefendable, his classic book um, about why uh, about libel. Um, the basic idea, according to Rothbard, is that reputation is just what people know about you or what they think about you, their opinions about you. So it's just knowledge about you, but that knowledge is knowledge held by all the people out there in the public. Um, and you can't own their brains. They own their brains. So they have the right to believe whatever they want. Now, the law gets around this by saying, well, you can sue the person who is lying, who is spreading false information to these other people in the public. That's why defamation requires an act of publication. You have to say something and communicate to another person. And then if it's false and this other person believes it and spreads it, then that damages your reputation in the minds of all these other people. And, of course, the problem with that is that lying is not per se a crime. It should not be a crime, right? Lying is just uh, telling a falsehood. Um, and everyone listening to the lie has the right to listen to that lie if they want. If they want to, if they want to take your reputation for truthfulness into account when they judge whether you're telling the truth about some other person, they have the right to do that. But basically, there should be no law preventing people from uttering their opinions about other people, or preventing people from holding whatever opinions they want about other people. You know, this is uh, you have the reputation of the person given the reputation. I give you, I give you an example. Um, eBay starts, and I remember there was a uh, Andy Warhol four-pile, you know, picture on the front page of Time magazine, and it said, "Trust us." And it was talking about Airbnb and Tender and you know Uber and all this other stuff, you know, that you uh, this generation is like, eh, man, it's an app on my phone. It must be true. So you know, they they go, "Ooh, he's cute." Swipe right. I mean, you know, whatever. So this is you. Know, People go into your home, walk your dog, uh, the keys under the mat, you know, give me my money. And they have a reputation like Airbnb or, you know, eBay. Now, if that reputation was found to be 
invalid that they were allowing certain things or they were waiting it and kind of doing like what Amazon does. You know, you can kind of mess with the algorithm or search engines or whatever, and they'll promote one product over another for no other reason other than they make more money, you know? So I, I, you know, then that eats away at your reputation. The same thing with things like Netflix. Netflix would go, uh, they push one uh, thing over another and try and program us. So once you get to the point to where, the reputation of the person giving the reputation goes, then what does their reputation scores mean? You see my point? Absolutely. And, um, uh, I mean, you have, I mean, just think about uh, Uber. I mean, your Uber driver has a numerical reputation rating, which has been crowdsourced effectively. And even you as a customer, as a writer, have a reputation. Right. So reputations are definitely useful things, but they can be handled privately. That's the point. You know, when we do, um, uh, you get an Uber, you, you, you're done, and then, of course, uh, you can either give them a cash tip or you can tip them on the app, and then you give a ranking to the driver, and then they, you know, give a ranking to you. And I remember, um, yeah, we've had some bad experiences, and, you know, they couldn't find, you know, something. And then uh, some guys are better than others, and you do that, and it only goes one to five or something. So it, I'm wondering if they have some kind of a... Um, a bonus thing or something, and then how is it gamed and all that. And a lot of times these reputation scores, if you don't know how they do it, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I really like, so what we're coming up with is how are we going to do, pirates are going to do reputation. Now, this is one thing that scares uh, a lot of people, including me, is that as a an employer, the only, it used to be you'd call the other boss and you'd talk about them and, you know, blah, 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 and you hire or don't. And then they would start getting sued because, well, you slandered me. You said something that, oh, he's such a character. That guy, yeah, he's a character. Well, I don't want characters working for me. You said the word character, whatever that means. So you get sued, you didn't get the job. So now it's gotten as an employer, the only thing human resources will say, and you ask is, is this person eligible for rehire? Uh, yeah, right. okay, that's what we need to know. So the uh, as we do on a pirate ship or something, we go, you know, who would do the reputationizing, you know, the crew, and would you, and what would the question be? You know, you have a bunch of them, but the only one that really applies is, would you serve with this person again on another ship? You know, <clears throat> would you want them to come back? Do you want to associate with this person or something like that? And then you have the whole crew, the precariat, our pirate ship. This is our reputation, you know, on this guy, but he could buy another name. He could go by more different ID. Go, what, what happens if you have an index that is, uh, Blockchain, facial, facial recognition, DNA, DNA scanned of uh, eyeball fingerprint, you know? Would a private company be allowed, you know, to do that and still be libertarian? Probably. And what about sharing it with the other crew? Well, if that was one of the conditions, probably. Reputation, credibility in the future is going to be everything. Media, politicians, everything. This is a special alert. So that's what we want to talk about is we didn't want to get too specific on the method that we might use or even the questions we might have because then you get to because you want the freedom to do whatever the hell is important to you. Only blonde, blue-eyed babes from Sweden get to be on my massage team or something, you know. So I, you can do whatever you want. It's just that what are the traits of such a reputation system? That's what we're looking for. So what kind of you know, mechanism or traits would you have and, and to keep it important and valid for people. And then the ability, because my thing was I kept hammering on, there needs to be some way to first prove it's you. Because you could have a reputation on, we came across, I mean, it was just, you know, again, another, you know, God hand off, uh, you know, here. Davi's looking for a, a guy, you know, about your age, maybe a little younger, his name, because your name is David Barker. He goes by Davi because his roommate in college was David, so he said, I'm Davi, whatever. Well, this other guy is David Barker, and he writes a lot of books with, kind of, with titles and freedom of and whatever the heck. Like, yeah, you know, he's writing about the Federal Reserve. He's writing about aliens. He's writing about, uh, like, nightmare horror stories. He's writing about surveillance he's writing about like all the topics that i write about this guy and he a professor about. or something somewhere? But yeah but he's a he's a professor at like america university and he works in he's the director of the department of government so like he's like the opposite <laughs> of me but but you know so this is um the first thing i want to know is i want to know it's you 
I want to know, you know, it, 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 it's the same. You can go by 15 gazillion different names. It doesn't matter, but it still goes to your permanent record, you know, or your index or your, you know, search or your, you know, whatever. So I'm looking, it's already happening, Stefan. So I want to, I want to know what the criteria would be in your head of something like this. Now we talked about it yesterday. We had some blockchain guys, you know, sending us to, oh, you can do this and tie it to a wallet of blah, 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 blah. And it goes on. I'm going, yeah, you know, maybe I, I'm not sitting here trying to determine or dictate a, a certain technique it's like with the second and third letter of captain mark one was on cryptocurrency well it better do this it needs to be anonymous it needs to be uncensorable it needs to be you know secure it needs to be it needs to be it needs to be and i go when you find one that does all these to our satisfaction crap we got our you know pirate money man we'll be all over it. we'll endorse the crap out of it and use it but gotta wait on that then the next one was pirate communication hailing frequencies invisible to the crown now there you may want to be anonymous you know, but you still could be tied to a reputation of even being anonymous or unless you're 15 gazillion different people, whatever. So with that, I'm as an employer or someone that I'm going out on my spaceship and long journey of, I'm wanting a little bit more information and I want to make sure it's you, you know, so privately, how would we do this? That's what I want to focus on. You got any ideas? Uh, yeah, I mean... No, 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 oh, you yeah, got to tell now? me now. No, 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 we'll come back in, you know, like 40 seconds. But I just wanted to, you know, I'm going to hit you with that, so I wanted you to be ready, yeah. okay? All right. Yeah. We'll be back in just a little bit. Love what we do? Please help support our international satellite channels at patreon.lrn.fm. That's patreon.lrn.fm. Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. Oh, headlong into the wind. Oh, the resistance of and the man says when you got it and you can't and you're always and the conflict resolution is they win. And I'm going, oh. So we're just bypassing. Oh, I don't want to try and fix it. You you, I, you want to lick the boots that rule you. Be my guest. Peace out. So we're going over here. Now, over here, we still have some of the same needs as the why government does a lot of different things. Well, you got to have uh, not for ID social security number. <laughs> So this is, you know, even as a kid, I'm going, well, that's a number to me, right? And the government has it. I don't know. Sounds like uh, they're branding me there. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Oh, we passed the law. It says it's not for ID until it is and everybody requires it. And so so I, I'm like, Ugh. so I'm looking for fundamentals of um, IDing something. You know, first you got to have the question, is it, uh, you know, a freedom oriented task? To be able to, because it used to be letters of reference. You know, somebody, they travel across the country and there would be some letterhead from the cousin, what's his face, to his, you know, uh, cousin in from New York to San Francisco and this guy is cool and do him. You had, this has been an issue since forever. So I'm just going, how, what are the basis criteria, some foundation we would build some system on for us to use as our anarchist pirates out in space of who we're going to hire and stuff? Help us out, Stefan. Well, so the first thing I would say is that uh, the current system, like you mentioned, of like an employer giving a reference has been largely ruined because of the threat of defamation law. So defamation law has put a chilling effect on that type of reputation providing information so the defamation law which is allegedly meant to protect reputation it hurts it because it, it doesn't allow some people to use some techniques they could otherwise use <clears throat> so without defamation law you'd be able to call the employer um, I would think that the idea of identity the idea of knowledge is just a general problem of human existence like part of living is to figure out things to know is this berry poisonous or is it um, is it, is it healthy, right? Um, is that bridge safe to cross or is it not? Will this technique work or not? Is that guy who he says he is or not? So these are all just general problems of how we get around in the world of having to figure out things and then to rely upon them. And reputation is sort of a knowledge-based thing in society, which is a useful thing. And we can improve it uh, with modern social media and things like that. But the point of trademark and defamation law does not is not to prove someone's rep- identity really uh you, you could have someone faking their identity in front of the government system too so none of this is a, is a panacea 
um, I could see something like insurance playing a big role. Like if you want to be insured, the insurance company is going to have an incentive to have systems figured out where oh, they can Oh, they want prove. DNA sample. They're going to, yeah, we definitely, when, we want to make sure when this one dies, we pay off. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I'm hip to yeah. that. So I want to talk about the IDing part. I know you're saying, well, that's not really an ID. No, that's what I want to focus on is that the, you know, if you don't know who you are, you could be a bunch of different people. If you don't know who you are, then your reputation on what? I mean, you have to know, I mean, what does it mean to, to know what someone is? You have to, I mean, they have to be a human standing in front of you, able to do something. If you have a guy sitting there on a lemonade stand selling you lemonade, you know his identity enough to know that he's selling lemonade and you might want some. That might be enough for that transaction. You don't really know what, care what his real name is or where he was born. Um, that might not be the essential aspect you're looking for. So it depends on what you're looking for. But I think over time, societies tend to find ways. They have signaling me- mechanisms. You have to know enough people. I mean, this was the function of a lot of these groups, these networking groups in the older days, right? You, you have a connection. You have a reference. Um, you had a shiny badge from the fraternal fun. order of something. Yeah, well, that's what guilds are. Yeah. Right. And so over time, the people that are basically frauds or, or counterfeit people, they tend to get caught out. And every now and then when they do, their reputation is ruined and everyone knows not to deal with this guy. So j- you can cheat sometimes, just like you can. people can violate the rules of murder and rape and commit those acts sometimes. So you can't, nothing is perfect. But reputation works very well, actually. And you just don't need it to be legalized is the main point. No, 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 no. I'm not, I don't even care about that. I'm actually looking. I, I give you an example. Um, I hate the government. <laughs> I, I want to get away. They've done nothing but bad to me. I, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm tired of ID and everything. I'm tired of being at uh, checkpoints. I'm tired of going through TSA. I'm, t- you know, I'm just tired. Screw you guys. I want to change my name to, you know, Freddie Dolphin. I mean, you know, whatever the hell I want to do. And I go out and I'm like, yep. I'm on this island, I'm on this ship, I'm applying to get on uh, your pirate ship and take take me away, Calgon, okay? So I'm, I, I do that. Well, of course, that person's going to go, yeah, well, who the hell are you? You know, so if there was some, do we walk around with uh, uh, QR codes on our chest with our public, you know, uh, <laughs> reputation or something? I, I'm just, I, I'm, there's needs, this is a need that's going to happen. I guarantee it. And the thing is, is that the uh, freedom-oriented people, hey, man, I'm not getting in your cattle uh, branding operation. Of, okay, well, fine. You don't have to come in. You don't have to be part of our – I would think that it would be something that would be – the uh, that you would ID someone because the reputation that somebody would put out on different things, that it even go to that person? Is it even – just because, you know, a guy has the same name as Davi and writes similar titles of whatever doesn't mean it's him. You know, so I'm, I, I can't get past this IDing of someone before you even get to the reputation part. You see my point? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, my, my Apple iPhone, if it looks at me, it IDs me by pointing little dots at my face and assumes that it's me within a reasonable degree of certainty. I imagine that in the future there will be more, in, in more sophisticated technical biometrical techniques where <laughs> just you can identify someone's body by its history, where it's been moving around the earth, and what it's done and what its biological characteristics are. Yeah, the are. state is definitely doing this facial recognition thing. Is that in and of itself that somebody does it privately? Is that a violation of some libertarian principle? Well, I would say absolutely not, but a lot of libertarians don't like that uh, because they basically are more libertine or more into say, so-called freedom than into liberty property understood. In a, in a free society, you're going to have lots of infringements on your freedom just because of the necessity of things. I mean, you might not be able to move into an area unless you have insurance because your neighbors won't tolerate living by someone who's uninsured. And to get insurance, you're going to have to comply with the insurance company's requirements and so on. Uh, You could say that's an infringement on your freedom, but it's just the way the world's going to have to be. Yeah, I'm, 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 I want to get past this, um, I don't know how much we need to reference it in the in the in the letter that we're doing on reputation. Uh, as we were looking at this, I you know I I kept hammering the point. I'm going. It doesn't matter if you don't know who it is. 
if it's a confusion, if there's, you know, kind of so-and-so said this. And we started, Davi starts getting a little bit more elaborate with, you know, it has a, a log, you know, a, a incident report, a, you know, a uh, whatever the heck it gets. I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa I don't want to get too. speculating. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't want to get too detailed. I'm trying to get to, with Stefan's help, the fundamental reasoning and justification for Ideen so that you can build a reputation that would be outside of government. It doesn't mean they don't want your pirate list of everybody. I can guarantee that. Well, okay. So I, I think that you can have a reputation without having a hard and fast official identification profile or card. People, there are still some people who know who you are, and your reputation follows you around. But, you know, right now, how do we do it? We all have a passport or a driver's license issued by the government. Yeah. There's no reason, in principle, that if these agencies did not exist, you couldn't go to some... Some private company who issues you an ID card because it might be useful to have. We have a laminating and they machine take, right they here. They take on the risk of doing that. What's that? We have a laminating machine right here. Boom. See, I got. I can put little nice little holograms on and it, and make it passport. all QR code, and you get the private key. Dib dib dib. And I get a lot of you know responses from blockchain uh, aficionados want to explain it to me. But I'm going, yeah, that's that's it. I'm not de- interested in the details. I'm interested in the philosophy of you walking around with your ID because you already are with facial recognition. Hell, I, I remember my kids. God, when was this? You know, middle of 2000s, all of a sudden you put a picture up on Facebook and they go, is this so-and-so? <laughs> they have facial recognition. My kid, oh, yeah, yeah, that's so. You got that right. You're good. Let me give you some more. I go, whoa, this is whoa. It's happening anyway. Should we have our own? You know, should it be separate from the man to where they can't go in and change it? I mean, some criteria for identifying so you can have a reputation. From the first letter of Dr. Idris Barber, I've healed many landlubbers, but could have healed countless more if they were willing to break the law to preserve themselves. The Crown required that I obey leeching privateers who didn't share my oath to do no harm. I was forbidden from discussing the treatments I knew patients needed. The Crown claims to protect landlubbers from bankrupting medical expenses, but only seduces them into begging for relief, while privateers monopolize the management of chronic illness. This royal alliance has constructed a medical hegemony that denies science, discredits alternative remedies, and mandates unwanted treatments, while callously ignoring the victims dying on waiting lists. They have produced a society increasingly addicted, impoverished, diseased, and suicidal. My conscientious objections and medical ambitions required not only seeing this cage, but leaving it. That's why I raised my black banner. Among pirates, the crown's tantrums are irrelevant. You own your body without qualification. Open ocean medicine enables healers and customers to build a relationship of mutual consent. Prices decrease, quality increases, and physicians become as accessible as barbers. Customers determine their own medical care, whether that's experimental treatments, prohibited plants, controversial procedures, bootleg pharmaceuticals, or even the right to die. Any system of command and control is rejected. In time, artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, genetic engineering, and cybernetic prosthetics could take the human condition beyond our imagination. Medical augmentation could eliminate aging, enhance intelligence, and erase our fundamental physical limitations. With the crown in our wake and the individual at the helm, we are free to pursue an unfettered life. Need decentralized solutions to centralized problems? Join the conversation at PiratesWithoutBorders.com. Okay, we got one more segment, and um, uh, am I being too obtuse? I'm not understanding what you're saying. I'm looking for the fundamental justification for a private ID. If I have my own facial recognition on whatever, I, I got it on my lapel. You know, that's one thing. Captain Mark wears an eye patch, and it's a hashtag. So, you know, it's always hashtag. A hashtag, a pirate's life for me. Hashtag scallywag. Hashtag, which we can put reputation in. You're like, here are the scallywags. Hashtag scallywag of politician de la whatever, yeah. right? So, in his eye patch is a camera. So, we found out that pirates, a lot of times, even though they could see out of both eyes, during uh, different circumstances, they would have an eye patch so that their eye, one eye was adjusted when they went below decks, they could see. <clears throat> so you're going, okay, well, that, that, that seems kind of cool. So an eye patch might be standard, 
issue, you know, on a ship. But you put that eye patch down, and it has a camera in it, and it could be facial recognition in everybody. You know, it could be, you know, a, a you know report you're inside the eye patch. You got your own little screen there, and you're watching kind of ID, 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 unknown, unknown, then you're known, and you categorize, and kind of, you know, you're doing that. Whoa, man, you're surveillance little. Uh, now, of course, the crown can surveil and do any and everybody, but you can't, or you're not allowed, you know? Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not really sure what problem it is you think you see. I don't a problem with because people. people you know you're violating my freedom it's kind of like tribes. no you're not no you're, that's ah, see not. that's well i need you to say that you know some tribes go you take my picture i have to you know tear up the picture bust a camera you took my spirit away i mean people got opinions you know i'm just but this is ip this the whole idea about ip information is not property this is the whole point. okay 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 the old deal help me out on air all right here we go there are those that just want to be left alone and those that just won't leave them alone which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Okay, there we're, we're, we're beating in on it. We're getting, we're getting, zooming in, zooming in, zooming in. You know, the idea that, you know, Captain Mark has an eye patch that has a camera in it. So that, you know, what we did, is he blind in one eye? Well, pirates would put, you know, it was like standard issue to have eye patches so that one eye was accustomed to the dark. When they would go down below deck, they could see. You're in battle, and you I go down, and you've got 30 seconds before you can see what the hell is going on. That might not be advantageous. So, certainly timely. So you're going, all right, uh, an eye patch might be standard issue. Well, on there, we have the hashtag, it's high ta- hashtag, you know, a scallywag, hashtag, a pirate's life for me, hashtag, whatever. And you can build on reputation, a hashtag somebody, they're always doing that on, you know, social media anyway. But um, it has a camera. If you look at the avatar, you close, zoom in, in that eye patch, there's a camera lens. And that is so, you know, I can do facial recognition, you know, the uh, pirate's got a database of scumbags and bad guys, and it could be added to that he's a... Uh, a patrolman for whatever, a uh, representative, privateer, the king, or something. So if I'm categorizing everybody I know, if I'm putting them into categories, if I've got my own database that gets added to the big pirate database of the blah, 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 well, that's what's happening now, but it's the privateers and the crown doing it. What if I do it? And what if I got, you know, where's my... Uh, line when you got Liberty guys going, hey, you're violating, and it's a tribal member of some. You took my picture, therefore I got to bust a camera and kill you because you took my spirit away or something. So I'm just going. What is the the principled argument for individuals having their own private facial recognition database thing go? Well, the principled argument is that we have the right. We're libertarians here. Um, you have the right to do anything you want unless you violate the rights of someone else. So you have the right to do anything. You don't need permission to do every little thing. So the question is, does my recording public things, like people's faces in public, or storing data on my own private database, does it violate their rights? I can't see that it does. It doesn't trespass their property. It doesn't invade their border. <clears throat> they don't have a right for you not to have some kind of collection of data that includes information about them in it. So the, the justification is just that there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, well, they the make the argument. They'll say, hey, man... What are you doing? Turn that camera off, boy. You can't be filming. Hey, man, I can film a police officer out in public doing whatever, whenever I want. And they go, well, you have no expectation of privacy. Then it was like public servants. Then it starts with celebrities. Then it starts with well, anybody well, on the street. Okay. How's, what's the progression of that? Well, that's because, that's all because of state laws, right? So you have police, and then they say you can't interfere with a police operation, so you can't record them. And then they make exceptions if it's in the public interest. So these are all just legislative exceptions to legislative law in the first place. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the free market or private property rights. I mean, you go some places like a concert or, uh, 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 you know, the, the men's dressing room or the ladies' dressing room at a private spa, and they say, please, no cameras, because they want the privacy of their guests protected. And that's a, a social norm or a private contract. But unless, if it's on public property, no one has a right not to be. If you expose... Like if, if you um, if you have a house and you have your draperies open to the road and you're walking around naked in your house, someone across the street might grab a telephoto lens and take a photograph of you naked. That's your fault for exposing that information to the public. Yeah, you sent the photos. There's no, there's no violation of private property rights that's happening by people capturing those photons bouncing off your uh, your slick chest. You know, this has a, a good point in um, uh, 
the peaceful and quiet enjoyment of my property? Do I have that expectation? <clears throat> and a lot of people they'll go, yeah, when the noise it's late at night and I got noise. I got a hog farm that you moved in and it's against uh, our homeowner association and the smell and I don't like it. But you know, a lot of it they'll go. Eh, it's unsightly, and I don't like uh, you know his uh, junk this and car that and on the fence and how many RVs he has, and they start complaining. I'm going, I don't know. Do you have a property right to not have photons enter your retina? You see my point? You know, where's it yeah, stop? I, and I think, um, well, I think there is nuisance law, which is if you if you're using your property in a way that disturbs my ability to use my property, like you have. Uh, explosions going off. Yeah, but photons. I mean, it just looks bad. You got purple house. I mean, where does that go? <laughs> just photons, I would say no. People have the right to do whatever they want on their property unless there's a restrictive covenant, some kind of some kind of agreement among the, uh, and people tend to do that because they want to have nice neighborhoods and live around nice neighborhoods, so they make everyone who joins it agree with these certain rules. But unless they took the time to do that, they don't get the benefit of it. I mean, Ernie, another good example you could think of is if, when you when you look at these movies in these the film from documentaries and from reality shows, when they go out onto the streets, you notice they blur people's faces out a lot, right? Because they yeah. didn't get their permission. Even that idea is an intellectual property idea that you need someone's permission to show their face in public. Why should you need to do that? If their face is in public and you take a picture picture of it, you should be able to show it. Yeah, who, who I mean, is that? They're doing that. <laughs> I mean, you might do it at a courtesy or it doesn't matter. You just don't care. Yep. It, you know, I, I, I don't mind that they do it. It's just some people do it, some people don't. And I'm like... Where's the line on this? What's the intellectual line on it? What's the principled line? This is, this line is the on? type of IP law. This is like personality rights and things like exploitation rights. So all these things are caused by distortions in the market, um, and, and it gets even worse in the sense that in copyright law, the photographer owns the photo. So if you're on vacation and you hand a stranger your camera to take a picture of you and your family, the- theoretically, that stranger owns the copyright to the image in your camera. You can, and so if you were to use that image. Going forward, theoretically, you're violating the copyright of this unknown stranger out there. So there's all kinds of bizarre things because of copyright and IP law. God, I don't even want to talk. It, it's gone. It, it's just it, see, that's one thing. You think they're going to get meaningful reform? Because I, I think it, they never get enough meaningful anything, and people just abandon the concept just in their heads. I, I think um, I think instead of modifying the law, people are going to just uh, evade the law. So. Bit torrenting and encryption is helping people pirate massively uh, and violate copyright law. So copyright law is basically unenforceable in a widespread scale. And patent law, I think something similar could happen to it when 3D printing matures. Because then you can just get an encrypted file for a design of a machine and just make it in your basement. No one needs to know. You don't need anyone's permission. And you're not selling it and screw them, you know? And you might even sell it. I mean, there's nothing Ah. wrong with selling things either. I see nothing wrong with competition. Right, right, We're free marketeers right. here. All right. So as I'm looking at this issue and I'm going, yeah, I, I consider it, it. I don't mind people that want to be anonymous. You know, be anonymous all you want. I just may not want to buy something from you, you know. So, I mean, exactly. the, the right of anonymity online and so on. Touch on that a second. Well, some people use these pseudonyms, right? Uh, they'll make up a name like Hal and Jack Black or something or whatever. Hal at the Moon Boy, and you know when they comment on a comment thread or something, people tend not to take them as seriously because they don't know who they are. So they know that this guy might be lying because if he is lying, he won't be hurting his reputation exactly. He might be hurting the temporary reputation of his little nim, but he can just move on to another one. So you, you pay a price by not being willing to. Uh, identify yourself or verify yourself as having a full... I mean, look, Facebook and uh, Twitter have the blue check mark now, which annoys some people, but it's a way of a private company saying, we have looked into it, and we believe that you are the person you claim to be. So that is like a private certification thing, that this person is actually who he says he is. He's not just a, some guy saying he's Sylvester Stallone. It is, it is actually Lisa Sylvester Stallone. So there are private mechanisms already to do this. Now, we had talked about this. Davi and I, it was on... Um, I remember Nick Sarwark, he, you know, uh, he's moving to New Hampshire, as a matter of fact. But yeah, here in the Valley, he come in. One time he was in the studio, and he goes, Woohoo! I got my Twitter blue check mark or oh. Facebook or something, you know. And I'm going, you know, mm. um, 
and that uh, they still doing that? Uh, what, yeah, uses Twitter that? used to verify people. They used to they used to try and protect celebrities or politicians from having dummy accounts out there claiming to be them by having a verified account. By not putting account. the real Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, um, but they don't do that anymore. I'm so the it's real, real like Donald this Trump. Bizarre kind of status thing where you had to both be famous and be on Twitter years ago when they started doing this, and so there are verified accounts. But they decided they didn't want to be in the business of verifying identities because they probably didn't That's have a, liability a reliable thing. way to do it. Yeah, Dobby, yep. I think if I, if I understand what what happened was they they dropped the program where you could apply. Yeah, but they still do it on occasion. But it's up to them. So they will on occasion. Yeah. Okay, well, I want my own private verification. It's going to come. I bet you they already have it. There is, I, there is no doubt in my mind that the insurance industry has a list of everything. You know, sure. you know, what kind of claims you've made on stuff. They go, oh, your house insurance is going to be double because you've had three claims for the tune of $750,000. Right. You know? And, um, yeah, I'm, I, this ID thing, I'm really, 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 really seeing, and then it's linked to a reputation. And then the reputation of the people given the reputation. Has there been a model that you've come up with or you've seen that you think worked or some old way of doing it? Stefan? Well, yeah, I, I do think so. Like the guild system, as, as Davi mentioned, and, and even what Facebook is doing now, but it's largely been co-opted by the state because the state has assumed the role of giving authorized or authenticated verification, you know, passports and driver's licenses. So I think they've stunted the market. It's so they can delete your account. You know, we, this guy's on the list. China credit score. Yep. Do you know the difference between... Thank you. Yeah, this is... Uh, um, I I don't know. I I just want to ask since you did the reputation thing, uh, and you studied Murray and so on. I'm going all right. Um, there is a market for a private ID. I remember in the mid '90s <laughs> there was a guy in Tucson that had. Uh, it was the first time I saw two gigs of memory. I'm like. Woohoo, man! Woo, man! You the man! And they were, you know, uh, had a lot of data in there, and it was a corruption thing. He and his father just had it with the University of Arizona trying to take their property to expand, and they mm. didn't want to sell. And and then, of course, they send in the fire guys and the police guys, and it's just, you know, strong arm of we rule you. And so what they did is they started a thing called the People News Network, and they were giving mm. out press credentials to anybody. They made this yep. nice laminated thing. They put you in a database. They kind of we got a list of the People News Network. There's my press pass bite me i can go wherever i want and i'm like i don't need a stinking badge i don't give a crap i just you know i challenged the whole thing but you know they were creating their private database and i'm sitting there i'm going good bad now i'm going you know it's getting to the point that there's a market for that is there a a provider of we are certified of and we got signed up you know golden state insurance company of all state uses our database cause Hey, Ernie, let me ask you a question. So are we done, though, with the show? Yeah, 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 yeah we're done. Okay. I got to go. My brother's here. I need to say, tell him goodbye. So let me visit, but I'll be happy to talk to you more later today or any other time. Yeah, well, th- we're going to have this done. We'll send you a copy of the letter, and uh, in the discussion, it'll hit in the forums, and it'll go on and on and on. I'm just trying to make sure I, I'm, I'm, I sound smart as you. You know what I mean? All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Peace, brother. Thanks. Bye. Well,